As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Bryan, and I have the pleasure of having Karen Morgan as a guest. Now, Karen Morgan is a former engineer. She's still an engineer, but she also owns a marketing company called Datomations. Karen, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, James, thanks for having me. First off, it's really great to get to talk to you. So about myself, yes, I am. I'm an engineer and I'm a marketer. Don't tell either side. Basically, (laughs) the best part is that I get to be a hybrid. I get to use my engineering background to speak marketing and I get to use my marketing background to speak engineer so that both sides of the table understand best what they each need so that you can accomplish the goal that you need when it comes to proposals or marketing collateral or email campaigns or websites, things like that. Cool. I'm really excited about having you on the show. Earlier on, I did a few surveys asking guests what they wanted to hear about. And one of the suggestions was some information on B2B marketing, business to business marketing. And when you and I, when our paths first crossed, it was like, oh, I've got to get you on the show because it fits that need. And I haven't done many episodes that kind of fit that niche or that, that area. But before we get to the marketing piece and all of the wonderful things that your company does, I do want to get a little bit more about your story. And so from engineer to marketer, how was that journey for you? It was unexpected, for sure, to say the least. I grew up always thinking that I was going to be an engineer. I went to school to be an engineer. In hindsight, I remember looking back now and thinking that I actually had fun writing the reports in my psychology class that I had to write and history classes I had to write, but I just kind of blew that off as a, oh, that was fun, move on. The journey, I did not even have any inkling of the marketing side until I became a project manager. And like most project managers, at least in the civil transportation space, that's when you start doing proposals. And the first time I got exposed to a proposal, to me, it was just, it was a blast. It was like a board game. I love to play board games and it was just another form of a game where you try to put the right pieces together, but they change the game board on you each time. And that was the fun of it. Yeah. And eventually I took a sabbatical for my husband and I actually to go build a house. And when I came back to the company, I reached out to the marketing department to see if they would actually like to hire an engineer, which sounded crazy. And they graciously scooped me up and the rest is history. Oh, cool. That is cool. So that is how you got into marketing. You had an inkling when earlier on in school, but no, I'm an engineer. I'm not necessarily going to write. I'm not going to communicate in that way, but it was a skill or a love that you continued to have. And then when you became a project manager and now you're looking at proposals, it's like, wow. Now I can put some of that skill that I loved to use. And you liked it so much that when you left, took a sabbatical, built a house, you came back, you're like, do I want to do project engineering stuff or do I want to 
try my hand more in the marketing and you went to marketing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what were some of the challenges that you had to face when you made that transition or were there any challenges when you made that transition? Interestingly enough, it was such a joy to change for me. I think it was such a, a more natural fit over that. I spent about 10 years on the technical side before I jumped into the marketing side. So I've got 22-ish years of experience in the industry. One of the one of the biggest changes is the length of project time. So beforehand mm. in engineering projects, they're typically very long, or at least civil engineering yes. transportation, yes. Mm-hmm. long, multi-month projects. Marketing, it tends to be three weeks, two yeah. weeks, four weeks. And I found that for me, I never even knew that was something that worked better for me than the longer projects. So that was that was a change, unexpected change that I quickly got used to and actually fell in love with. That's one of the things I like about the marketing side. Something else that was, I'm not going to call it a challenge, but when you're on the technical side, you have to worry about your billable numbers all the time. And again, I kept finding that I really loved the things that were non-billable. And so when I switched over to marketing, it actually was just this natural progression of now I get to spend all my time doing the stuff that, and nobody's looking at my billable number because I'm never billable. My goal is just to provide you with as much value as I can give you with my clients being inside the company at that Mm -hmm. point. So those were two of the biggest changes I remember, but they were both quite positive. Really no negative changes I can think of. No, that that is pretty cool and interesting. Just the whole concept of being able to maximize the value that you provide for your customer, whether that is internal or external, just thinking through how can you maximize value? So eventually you branched off and started your own company? Mm -hmm. I did about in 2016. So I had been working for marketing departments of engineering firms for between four and six years at that point. I thought, let's go for it. Funny thing is, I was actually not jumping out to be a separate marketing professional. I was taking one little niche. There are some automations. A lot of times there's vice presidents and company owners that were just repeatedly hitting refresh on a certain website Mm -hmm. to get data. And there was no way for them to quickly do that. So that's where dot like DOT, dot automation, automations came from. And so I was going to be a data service. And then as soon as I hit the open market, people started hitting me on LinkedIn and said, hey, we see you're a free agent. Would you mind helping us on a proposal? Hey, would you? And so one of the biggest things I learned was, okay, I still got the data, but of course I'd love to help you on a proposal. And so what ended up being this thing I thought was going to be a tiny part of what I did actually became the business. We still do the automation stuff for free for the industry, but it's, it's just as a help to the folks in our profession. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. So it goes back to providing value. You're giving value back to the industry. But the other thing is that the market speaks, right? The market will tell you what it is that the market wants from you, the services that you're offering. And so I think that's great. And so 2016, you step out there, you build your business. What does your typical client look like now? 
Great question. So it's, we still mainly work with civil engineering firms. We are based in Texas. So a large chunk of our clients are Texas based, but we have clients uh, from California to the East Coast. Our clients tend to be small to medium firms. Okay. So it'll be companies that maybe they don't have any marketing professionals and they really want to get they want to have an over-the-top high-quality product proposal to submit to really increase their chance of a win, they'll hire us. Maybe it is a mid-level, mid-sized firm, maybe up to 500, a few thousand people, where they have a marketing department, but their folks are just slammed. And so they hire us as on-call support um, to okay. help get them through homes. And what are some of the challenges that you see from your unique perspective, having the engineering background? working in the marketing department, now owning a successful marketing company, what are some of the challenges that some of these firms are facing? That's a great question. We've worked with a lot of different clients in the industry. And the struggles that we continue to see are pretty much universal. Um, okay. What you've got is you've got a document that needs to be written. And a large chunk of what needs to be written typically needs to be provided by technical professionals. Mm -hmm. And so you have technical professionals. We all went to school to be technical professionals, right? Yes. We did not go to school <laughs> to be writers. Yes. And also the other trick of this, and I would be so curious to hear your thoughts on this, is okay. the seller-doer concept. Mm -hmm. And so there's a friend of mine wrote a book, Catherine Brown wrote a book called How Good Humans Sell. Yes. And she's she's a friend of mine. Fantastic book. She does sales training and things. It is a fantastic book that I've read. So it's absolutely great. Yeah. Book. Yeah. She makes the point because she's done all these different sales trainings that People that have to be involved in sales and have to be key leads with, with contracts, with client work, what always tends to be the one that gets dropped is the sales aspect. Yeah. Because we tend to all shy away from sales. Even salespeople shy away from sales. Yes. And so the, one of the biggest problems we see is that technical people really struggle with writing. Mm -hmm. So... The solution to that often is needing to get some training or pulling somebody in like what we do where we can take it. We understand what they're trying to go for and we can kind of gussy it up, make it, yeah. make it look better, sound brighter, speak more to what the client needs. That's a universal concept. Yeah. And what I would say there is that technical people, we learn to write for other technical people. So someone that is in my field, someone that is in my special specialty but most likely be able to see what's written and understand and be like, oh yes, this is great. Understand exactly what you're saying. But we're not necessarily trained to write for the general audience or for the contracting officer that's going to be, or the people that are going to be doing the proposal review mm -hmm. in the things that they're looking for. And so it's this whole exercise of being able to see the world through the proposal reviewer's eyes. And what are the things that they're going to be looking for and how can you frame your message so that it can be well received by whom you're trying to communicate to? One of the things I learned very early on about communication, I learned in the first three years of marriage, which is that it's really incumbent on the person communicating to be able to package what they're communicating in a way 
that the individual or team that you're communicating to can actually do something with it. That's it's just very well put. And yes, may we all learn that in our first two years of marriage. Because <laughs> that's, if we don't learn that, it's a really tough many years after that. Yeah. So I completely agree. What what I see, and one thing I kind of a evolution I've seen within the industry, within our industry, twenty years ago, nobody even knew how to even show authority. They used to just say, "We do signing, striping, paving." illumination. That's all. That's what I saw 20 years ago. 10 years ago, we started seeing people being able, trying to start showing authority. Well, we can do this and here's how we've done it before. And so we're there, but now the thing that's missing is still going back, like you said, going back to what the client's asking for. It's one thing to say like, me, 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 I, I, I. And if everybody's doing that, then you pick the person, I guess, shouting louder. But the people from an evolution point of view, the firms that are going to begin to start doing better than all the firms right now are the firms that really take a look at what the client really wants and put everything in terms of, you said that you want, this is how we're going to be able to deliver this to you. And this is exactly what you want. And we can actually give you more in this way. And so when we can, as we evolve and get past, that's going to be another one of those big hurdles that I think the industry just has to overcome, but it'll get there. It's a great industry. And I see folks continually trying to learn. And that's one thing I like about our industry. I want to invite you to the next UnWebinar. What is an UnWebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next UnWebinar today. So is that the Dotomation formula for successful proposals? Being able to make that connection between the authority, but really honing in on what is it that the client said that they want? Mm-hmm. And being able to say, yes, I heard you. We're going to be able to give you what you want. This is how we're going to deliver it. And if you hi- and if you hire us, here are all of the other things that you'll be provided with as well. Yeah, and that's a great thing. the The way we do operate is we can never promise. Our clients are always wanting a win. They want a yeah. proposal win. And the tough part is that we can't guarantee that. So that does make it a little a little tough sometimes. But the things that we do try to make sure we clarify is there's more than just this one proposal at stake right? Mm -hmm. What we're trying to help you do is we're going to take this one proposal, we're going to elevate it as high as we can, and we're going to help show you how to dig out what the client wants. And so that you can take that skill and you can use that on the next proposal and dig out what the client wants. And technical folks, how we all struggle with how to talk about yourself and your successes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Like, we don't know what to do with that. Yes. Because again, we don't want to be salesy and it's not flashy. We're not flashy people, but there is an ability to just say, this is what we see what you that you want, state department of transportation, local city or county, parish. And here's where we've done it before. And so I feel confident with this trajectory that we can do that. And so, yes, our goal is to help you just step through everything, like mm-hmm. find out what they want, step by step, go through it. And then you can take that, package it and use it again. And so we have seen a lot of success with that with clients. And I would imagine that you'll be able to use that same type of copy for 
your website for that company's website, right? You're developing this in terms of for the clients that you serve, you might develop a specific example for a particular state DOT or a county, but those same concepts you should be able to package and put on your website, a different landing page that's talking about these issues to be able to just draw people into the story that you're telling about your firm. Very well said. Most of what I see, and this goes holds true for all digital marketing and social media. When I look around at our space, most of what I see is, again, the I, 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 me, 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 authority, authority, authority. That's great if folks can start tagging back in. So what we try to do at Dotomation is literally every post, we can't hit all of them, but we try for every post to be some type of value to the community. Yeah. And so we actually just put a post out yesterday. I had a lot of fun with this. I ended up clicking around on YouTube trying to find something. And I ended up on a post about how this woman made $495,000 in her first year on her Etsy business. And I was like, oh, wow, teach me. And so I like listened to her video and I, so I, I made a post, like, what can we engineers learn from Etsy? And so, and it was fascinating, the things that I was pulling out from her. It's like, it's just global stuff. You have to stay yeah. in front of people anyway. So yeah, have it be helpful information for the community to show that you're helping, you're there, you're helping, you're solving their problems. And then when they really need your help, then they will come to you. So they know who to come to. So you're investing in the community. You're providing value. And when a person has a problem that you're uniquely positioned to solve, you're going to be top of mind. Mm -hmm. There are people that are listening to this podcast, small and medium sized businesses. They're going to be thinking, man, we really want to make sure that we level up this next proposal. What was that? What was that? Oh, yeah. Karen, Dottomation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then they'll know where to go to. And I, I think that is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It does work really well. The more, and that's one of the things that this woman on Etsy was saying, she's like, you have to stay in front of your people. And uh, again, a disconnect frequently within the engineering industry is we are very handshake oriented people. We want face-to-face mm-hmm. meetings and we want to do face-to-face, maybe some phone calls and then a proposal. But with the way the world is now, if we're not doing, if your firms are not doing email marketing, if your firms are not doing LinkedIn marketing, and maybe your firm needs to be on Facebook, depends on the type of firm, probably not engineering firms, some work that way, but LinkedIn Mm -hmm. is probably going to be your best spot. But if you're not consistently in front of people, it doesn't work. A great story. This is fantastic. I recently did an email campaign, a sales email campaign. We're just, we're offering something and I just wanted to let folks know what we were doing and how it could benefit them. Very specific. And I just started getting multiple emails that otherwise might seem random um, in my queue of like, oh yeah, hey, could you help us with this thing? And it wasn't at all what we were selling, but the answer is yes. But it was just because we were there. And so I would love for other firms to get that concept down so that they can get the benefit of of it as well. It's how we buy off Amazon too, right? If it's right there, it's the first thing we see, click. But that's interesting Karen, because I know people that struggle with email marketing. I'm sending these emails out. I'm not getting the clicks that I want. People aren't responding to that particular campaign. But what you just reminded me and everybody of is that you're just really trying to be top of mind, right? You really want to be able to provide value. And when you're offering something that they want or they need, they're going to seek you out because you're on top of mind. So yes. And 
the other thing that we do is we offer a typically a once a month free call where I just, mm-hmm. it's called a proposal solutions call. And I hop on and I say, here's what I'm going to talk about. But if you have any other questions, pop them in. And so the goal is just to be available. During those calls, I will also let people know what it is we're offering. So there's two sides. One, I found through just our time of experimenting, to be willing to experiment too. That's the key. Yeah. We engineers tend to be very formulaic and we're like, I'm going to do it this way and I'm not going to veer off, yeah. right? <laughs> I, we, and you and I, I'm sure, have done that too, right? Yeah. So you have to be willing to play around with it and experiment. But you have to be able to, A, stay in front, but B, make sure people know how to buy from you, which sounds silly. That sounds like a weird phrase in engineering. But if you want to get selected for Oklahoma DOT pursuits in this county area or region, then you need to tell the people in those regions that you would like to partner with them on these specific pursuits. And if you'll schedule a call with us, we can tell you how we can make your firm have a better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. It, it would be as yeah. simple as that. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. We're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. Okay. No, I think that is great. Karen, I've really enjoyed our conversation. For the listening audience, Karen and I are going to be talking to figure out how can we collaborate on some additional business-to-business and marketing concepts for the podcast, maybe some LinkedIn Lives, or just tagging on to what Karen is doing. I know I do the Success On Ramp, which is a monthly small group meeting for my community. We had the last one we talked about closing the execution gap because there's a gap between the plans that we build and we have the plan. It's great. We're ready to go. We have a great goal, but we don't execute. And so there are some steps that we can take to help close that execution gap. And most likely we'll be releasing that as a future podcast episode sometime several weeks from now, but we're definitely going to be doing that. Before we end the interview, are there some, any general success principles or what are some things or keys to success that you found? throughout your career as an engineer and particularly as a business owner in the marketing space? General tips that I would give when I work with different firms. What I find is I tend to get to work with between three and five professionals at each firm. Mm -hmm. They tend to be one marketing professional and maybe three to four technical professionals. And what tends to happen is that there's one person, one technical person that tends to rise to the top quite quickly. And Mm -hmm. that person stays in my mind as somebody that I want to partner with, as somebody who is a hard worker. The other folks, what tends to happen, it's not that they're not good at what they're doing. It's that maybe they've committed and they shouldn't have, and they don't know how to get out of things. So, (laughs) right? So proposal schedules, it's something that a lot of folks feel is kind of like, here's my workload and you're dumping this on top, right? Yeah. There tend to be proposal schedules. So- Tips I would say that relate in general, but especially in the marketing proposal realm is if you say you're going to do something, find a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, If you say that this schedule works for you, then stick with it. If it doesn't, then just be a person of integrity and be able to say, gosh, I know that 
this is supposed to fit on my schedule right now, and it doesn't. So let me try to find somebody else for you that I think can fill that gap. But if you can Mm -hmm. consistently be that person that can be a straight shooter and can stick with your time commitments, and especially in proposals when folks, it tends to just be an understanding that you're going to miss the schedule. It just does. But the people that don't are the people that get noticed by management. They get noticed by us consultants. And they're the folks that are really making a name for themselves within the industry. Okay. So be a person of your word, be a person of integrity, take ownership of your schedule. If there is something that you've committed to that no longer works for you, speak up off early, speak up very early and try to get someone in that space that can meet the need of the project because the proposals are helping to drive future business. Future business continues to keep everyone employed. And if you're not getting new work, then that's going to be a problem for not just you, but for the whole firm. Well said. Not just. Yep. So Karen, again, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to end this podcast episode like I end every episode. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's just a select group of people that actually follow through, take action, do it and achieve the life of their dreams. Karen, I want to thank you for being part of that select few and just sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us today. Thank Thank you. Thanks for having me. All righty. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks. Thanks.